step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the press for today. It is Tuesday of Waste Management Phoenix Open Week. I'm Ryan Balangie. Good to have you here with us. We are going to be talking through my model, the top 10 in that model for this week at the Phoenix Open, a stacked designated field, and we'll also go through some first-round leader model results and some potential tips and plays there. You can get a hold of me on Twitter, at Ryan Balangie. You can become a GNM member for $50 a year through the end of February, and then it goes up to $100, well, $99, at golfnewsnet.com. Adding some tools today, we're going to do a player career trajectory tool today, which is going to be awesome, and then a player comparison tool that'll be out today. Uh, to add some ideas out there. And then we're going to continue our profile uh, publishing for uh, for this year, get our top 100. Probably it's going to be wind up being 200 players, but at least the top 100 will be out there for you to have profiles for, for free. Uh, we just published an event history tool for free as well. So if you want to look up leaderboards of tournaments by year, and then we're going to go ahead and start creating tools around history of particular seasons on the PGA Tour by year from 2011 onward, and uh, we'll take a look at that as well. So lots lots and lots going on in the background, uh, hopefully to provide value to you as a better, but also as a fan of golf. So let's look at the model for this week. We've got the Phoenix Open. As you know, we finished the Monday qualifier yesterday. Some pretty dramatic results, but guys that really aren't going to impact your thinking too much because most of them are guys that are super mega long shots. Uh, Andre Metzger, Delton Ward, Michael Hopper, really great stories, but they're 2,500 to one. I mean, they're, they're, they're not playing into your thinking whatsoever this week. And hey, that's totally okay. But that that's the reality of it for uh, for the Monday qualifiers. But still very, very interesting. And hopefully you get to follow that if you're interested in it. But the model for this week is, uh, is kind of obvious, if we're being honest. And that's because 38 of the world top 50 are in the field. I mean, there, there's nothing here that's going to be surprising to you, I, I think. In the results of the top 10, which we go over each and every week, maybe some surprises in the you know 11 to 20 range. But even then, I, I don't think you'd be all that shocked by the by the order of things. Uh, Jordan Spieth always rates out pretty poorly. That might be your only surprise. He's 25th in the model. I'll give that away. But he always kind of rates out poorly in the model because all of the bad stuff that he does is kind of starting to come off. And it'll improve probably pretty rapidly here in the next... Oh four or five months, but in the meantime, he's still got some stuff that's kind of got to come off that's not very good. Anyhow, we'll go over the top 10 for the week, knowing that last week, Justin Rose rated out number 18 in our model, so that did pretty well for a wide-open tournament with a weak field. I'd say that's pretty good. It's the only tournament um, really since the Open where Cameron Smith rated out number 16, and again, that was a long-term thing, not a not a current modeling thing, but that's the only tournament other than the U.S. Open, again, Matt Fitzpatrick 13th, where the winner was outside the top 11, going back a really long way, like back to last April. It's pretty crazy. 
So the, the, the model has been on a good run here. And we'll take 18th for Justin Rose for a tournament where you thought he could do something, but I'm sure you didn't think he could win. Anyway, let's look at our uh, our top 10 for this week. It's going to be pretty obvious. Rory McIlroy is number one. Uh, he comes out number one by a, a wider margin than he probably would if we did a shorter term model here over John Rahm. They're one and one A in golf, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm pretty sure as most people are concerned. And they would be closer if we kind of truncated the time period of which we measure things for for the model instead of one in two years. If it were like six months in a year, I think you'd probably find Rom and McElroy dead heat right next to each other. But the longer term implications of this actually make John Rom and Patrick Cantlay and Xander Schauffele pretty close to one another in terms of the ranking. So Patrick Cantlay is third, Xander Schauffele is fourth, Justin Thomas is fifth, Scotty Scheffler is sixth. Shane Lowry is seventh. Again, long-term thinking here, but short-term, maybe not as good. He's 60 to one this week, and there's a reason. He's not off to a great start and switch caddy. So something to think about there. Colin Morikawa is eighth. Tony Finau is ninth, and Max Homa is 10th. All of that makes sense. None of that is surprising, I don't think, except perhaps Lowry, even though he had a really great last couple of years. So you might see that as just kind of uh, a blip in the radar, but we don't know if that's a blip that's becoming a bigger blob over the long haul for Shane Lowry and a point of decline. We, we don't know that, but I think every player in the top 10 here makes 100% sense to anybody who thought about it long enough. And I, I'm not exactly remembering off the top of my head who I put my top 10, just kind of arbitrarily thinking about it, not necessarily looking at the model yet, but it's pretty much these guys. I mean, I would say Shane Lowry's not in there. And that's probably it. Uh, probably put Taylor Montgomery in there. And Taylor Montgomery for just giggles is 26th. He just doesn't have enough data and doesn't have enough strong competition like this to kind of weight him well in a model against strong competition. He kind of falters against that. I will say one surprise is Kurt Kitayama. Came in 20th in my model. And he seems to be an all or nothing guy. He benefits this time around from having relatively weak or limited access to high quality fields, but like the CJ Cup last year, he did really well in it. So he kind of gets a big bump relative to his experience in these types of events. You may want to discount that to a degree. Um, and then a lot of the guys we talked about on the Monday show, kind of looking at mispriced long shot guys, in my opinion. Taylor Pendrith rates out 30th in the model. He is 100 to 1. Uh, he's rated ahead in my model of some guys that are shorter, like Hoagie and Power and Wise, uh, Billy Horschel. Uh, you know, the, there's some numbers out there to be exploited. Um, then you've got Chris Kirk out there, who I saw at 180-1 to 1 on DraftKings. He is 37th in the model. Uh, I don't know if that price is still out there at the moment. Um, down to 100. So if you didn't take it, <laughs> you missed your chance. People got on that really quick, as I told you it was going to happen. And if you take a look at um, another guy I was thinking about is Taylor Moore. And Taylor Moore is not rated well in my model. He is 250 to 1 still. So if you really wanted to take your, your gamble on Taylor Moore, that's still out there for you. Kirk Hideyama is still out there at 180 to 1. Uh, but people jumped really quickly on, <laughs> on Chris Kirk and... and Took that number down in half. That was a complete misprice by the DraftKings book. Uh, I saw him at 80-1 to 1, uh, 
over at the Westgate, and that seemed kind of more appropriate given the way that he was playing. So someone messed up or printed something wrong. I, I don't know what happened there, but that that was on one that could absolutely uh, been exploited. And then Gary Woodland was one that we talked about, and he's at one fifty to one. That really hasn't moved. And I, I don't expect that to move a whole lot because he hasn't finished well. He's been gaining strokes, but he hasn't finished well. Does well in this tournament. Taylor Pendrith actually, 150 to one, has come down. Has been worsened to 150. So that might be something to fire if you haven't done that already. But if you miss Kirk, I'm sorry about that. I hope you did it yesterday. Now, want to get into the first round leader stuff, and then we'll come back to horses for courses in current form and round out this episode of the press. So the first round leader model last week was. Obviously very difficult. It's hard to do in three-round tournaments, three-course rotation, multi-course rotation tournaments because you only get strokes gain on one of the courses, and that's not a big sample size over time. If you think about the Farmers Insurance Open, at least you get three rounds on Tory South. You can kind of, you can easily make the case three rounds is worth it as each year a sample size if you make the cut. It's harder to make that case at two rounds a year on Pebble with amateurs at Pebble Beach. It's just harder to do. And one you might play just by yourself, and one you're definitely playing with your amateur. It's very, very hard to handicap, I think. This week, we're obviously back to one-course tournaments, and we've got that the rest of the way. So it's going to be a little bit easier for this model to make sense to people. But ran the model that, again, looks at first round strokes gained over the last 50 events, 20 events, five events, and the host course in the last four years. And puts all of that together. Also compares how players play in the last 50, 20, and 5 on golf courses with scoring averages in this approximate range of what we see for the host course. So this year, that is, for Phoenix, it is a very tight scoring range. I mean, every year, it's somewhere between 70.3 and 70.9 something. It's a par 71 golf course. So the scoring average in round one is approximately a half stroke to, to zero strokes under par. So we're comparing that over the that time range as well. And if you look at that, all that spits out. Colin Morikawa is number one in the model. And he's just a guy that plays hard go harder golf course as well. He's a guy that plays harder competition well. That makes sense. Aaron Wise is number two. Scotty Scheffler is number three. J.J. Spawn is number four, and I think that's going to be an easy fire again this week because once we get down to TPC first-round strokes game the last four years, you're going to see why. John Rahm, fifth. Patrick Cantlay, sixth. Rory McIlroy, seventh. Justin Thomas, eighth. Xander Shoffley, ninth. Tom Kim, tenth. Taylor Montgomery, eleventh. And it goes on down from there. Gary Woodland is interesting to me because he's 16th in this model overall, and obviously he has a good track record on this golf course, but his first-round strokes gained at TPC Scottsdale are not good. If you look at the last four years, first round strokes gained from these players, then the ranking is Billy Horschel, Sahith Thagala, Mark Hubbard, Xander Shoffley. you got to bet him as a first round leader. Patrick Cantlay, same thing. Alex Noren is in there, and he's playing good golf. Keegan Bradley appears on both lists, 14th overall, 7th here, so absolutely worth a fire in first round leader bets. And then rounding out that top 10 to TPC Scottsdale, specifically John Rahm, Adam Hadwin, and Tom Hoagie. And I, I will point out that Cameron Young is 15th at 
Scottsdale, 18th overall. Also probably worth a look as well in that first-round leader model. He bashes the crap out of the ball. Obviously, someone you want to think about uh, this week on a golf course that has seemingly rewarded longer hitters increasingly more over the, the last decade since it was renovated in 2014. Now, let's get into some course fits and current course-for-course course plays and your history plays, your, your event finish history plays, horse-for-course guys. So, horse-for-course side of things, we have a bunch of twos, a bunch of guys who have two top 15 finishes in this event in the last five years. And going down alphabetically down that line of the twos, that's Ricky Fowler, James Hahn, Max Homa, who I'm going to be betting outright to win, Billy Horschel, Chris Kirk, who I'm betting outright to win, Matt Kuchar, Martin Laird, Hideki Matsuyama, who's twice a winner here. One of those is outside the scope of this. Scotty Scheffler and Gary Woodland. Then you have a five, a four, and a three. John Rahm has been in the top 15 here all of the last five years. Justin Thomas, four of the last five. And Xander Shoffley, three of the last five. Obvious reasons to like them all. Then on the course fit side, if you look at TPC Scottsdale and what it looks like when a player finishes in the top 25 in a PGA Tour event, and what the top 25 looks like as a makeup every year at this tournament, you average it all out in terms of how they gain strokes. You silo it out based on putting, tee to green, all the breakout of the tee to green stuff. TPC Scottsdale is a 32-68 course. So 32% of the strokes gain from the top 25 comes from putting, but 68% comes from tee to green. Off the tee is 23%. And if you compare that to other events on the PGA Tour, you, you kind of see, and we have this available for our members, course comparison, course fits. If you look at that number and you kind of look at the 32% figure, that's very similar to the Wells Fargo Championship, hence why someone like Max Homa would like it. It's very similar in a lot of ways to the Tournament of Champions. So you, the guys that played well there are going to like it. Justin Thomas is one. That makes sense. John Rahm is one. That makes sense. If you look at the Safeway Open, it's another one that lines up pretty darn well. That's, uh, sorry, Fortinet Championship. That's Max Homa territory. If you look at RBC Heritage, that lines up extremely well. Believe it or not, even though they are completely different golf courses. But that lines up very well. So does the John Deere Classic. I'm not going to say that's a good proxy, though. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it on this list. So, if you want some parallel courses to look at, believe it or not, Heritage, so Harbortown Golf Links, Kapalua, believe it or not, on the opposite end, wide, and then at the Wells Fargo, if you're looking at Quail Hollow, that's probably more, without the desert stuff, probably more apropos. So those are some parallel courses if you're interested in it. But some course fits for this week, Taylor Pendrith, Patrick Cantlay, Matt Fitzpatrick, Sam Burns. Sam Burns, you're going to get him on Bermuda. Sounds great to me. Take him if you're interested in that. And then we'll talk about recent history. Last five PGA Tour events. There are, what, 12 players who have at least two top 15 finishes in the last five PGA Tour events. Finau, Homa, M, Tom Kim, Chris Kirk, Taylor Montgomery, Taylor Moore, someone to look at is maybe a super shocker, but I, I probably wouldn't play him in the long haul. Uh, if you want to look at Taylor Moore in a top 20 bet, 
that's probably not worth, or it's probably worth it. Uh, if you look at him a top 10 bet, plus 1,400. Not too crazy. If you look at him in the top 20 market, plus 550. Maybe worth maybe worth a little bit this week, uh, just given that he's played pretty well the last couple of weeks, albeit in two very different tournaments. Farmers Insurance Open, very difficult golf course. Pebble Beach, difficult scoring conditions this past weekend. So, you know, maybe worth a look here. A little bit easier for Taylor Moore trying to play some golf. So someone to look at there as well. So that's everything. That's what we're looking at in terms of modeling. That's current horses for courses. That's current form. All of that good stuff. It, it all kind of makes sense. It is a very relative. It's a relatively easy week to bet because you know the top is the cream of the crop. You know those guys who are in the top 10 are probably your wagers for the week. But again, you want to have some fun. Take a couple deep shots. Maybe go after a, a Pendrith, a Kirk. Hopefully you got him early. Maybe a Taylor Moore. Consider Gary Woodland. Uh, and then on the first round leader side, you, you pretty much have to take J.J. Spawn at this point in the game. I think you got to look at Keegan Bradley. I think you can look at Gary Woodland in this market and Cam Young as well. So uh, some guys to think about. And you're probably going to get a short shot that winds up doing it if if we're being honest with one another. But uh, that that's out there as well. So worth taking a look at. And then remember from yesterday's show, hammer win by zero strokes or one stroke. That's just the way that this is this tournament works. I would be surprised if we don't get another tight win again this year. That's going to do it for us today on the press. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you do, and you do listen to us through a podcasting service, please leave a nice review and a comment if that's possible. We appreciate it. It helps us reach more people. And if you have any questions, again, you can email me, Ryan, at thegolfnewsnet.com. Happy to talk to you about anything fantasy betting related for this week or future weeks. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow as we wrap up our final card for the week and get ready for everything at TPC Scottsdale. Have a good one, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.